Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is airing on Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. It's hard to believe that we are already into September, but here it is. Good morning, everybody. It's Shannon, and I am here to talk with you about this week's great new books. It is a lovely, almost fall-seeming morning in Ann Arbor, and it's just a great day to talk about books. Of course, most days in my life are great for talking about books, so that isn't really saying much. Anyway, before we talk about books, though, I have an author interview for you. Um, Last week, I chatted with British author Wendy Holden about her latest novel, which is called The Royal Governess. So if you love historical fiction about royalty, you'll definitely want to check this out, both the interview and the book, of course. But we have the usual housekeeping information before we dive into the interview. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And now, here is my chat with Wendy Holden on the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and I am here today with author Wendy Holden, whose latest novel, was released in the U.S. on August 25th. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Shannon, thank you so much for having me on. It's a complete joy and a delight to be able to come and talk to you about the Royal Governors. Thank you. So can we start out by giving listeners a little bit of an introduction to the Royal Governors? (laughs) Yes, it's a story, well, in a word or in a sentence, it's a story of the Queen's childhood, the childhood of Queen Elizabeth II. And it's a story of the most famous woman in the world, um, the Queen, uh, and the influence exerted upon her by a woman no one's ever heard of, which is um, Marion Crawford, who was her governess, her teacher, for 17 years. Um, She arrived when Princess Elizabeth was six, and she left when she was 21, and she was... um, well, she, she, sorry, she was actually, she, Princess Elizabeth left, left Marion Crawford when she was 21 because she got married to Prince Philip. But in fact, uh, Marion Crawford stayed for another two years and, and um, with teaching Princess Margaret. So it was a 17 years in all with the little princesses who then became the big princesses. Um, yeah, so she was with them from their early childhood right through some enormous historical events, such as um, the abdication of um, their uncle, Edward VIII, followed by the coronation of their own parents, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, which was obviously unexpected, wasn't supposed to happen, was a great surprise. And then following those two great big dramas, there was the whole of World War II. 
And Marion Crawford was with the little girls throughout this amazing period of British and world history. Um, and so her story is a story of these great big events that we're all quite familiar with, but told from a completely different and unique point of view, which has never really been explored before, which no one has ever told before, um, because it's been buried for so long. Marion Crawford herself, um, her story was, was hidden for 70 years because she was ostracised by the royal family um, after writing a very sweet and harmless memoir following her retirement. And they cast her into the outer darkness and never spoke to her again. And it was that book that I found uh, in the second-hand bookshop a couple of years ago. Um, and I was searching for a way into writing a novel about the Windsors. And I thought, this is it. This is the. This is what I need. This is my. This is my story. So the royal governess is based on that 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 woman and that memoir. So that in a, in a nutshell, that's it. That she was uh, the woman who taught the queen and made her, in a way, um, who she is today. So when you were sitting down to actually write this, did you have to then sort of put aside a lot of your sort of preconceived ideas about the Queen before you actually read this particular memoir? Well, in a way, um, because I didn't know much about uh, the Queen when she was a child, and I'm not sure many people do. I mean, we've seen we've seen the photographs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are lo- there are lots of photographs of them looking very sweet and those beautiful sepia pictures and those beautiful clothes. But what she was actually like, um, I-, I didn't really know. So it was interesting to read um, the Little Princesses, Marion Crawford's memoir, which which portrays Princess Elizabeth as this really serious, really sweet, really eager to please adorable child actually and one of the most interesting um, uh, things that happened one of the most interesting um, incidents was right at the beginning and and, and made me think this is going to be a joy to fictionalize because it, it opens um, really with with with, with them with a, their meeting um, Marion Crawford has come from Scotland she's very reluctant because she was a, a young student teacher she wanted she didn't want to work for the royal family she wanted to work in the slums she went in the projects in edinburgh to, to uh, teach poor children she wanted to help the poor she didn't want to help the rich help the royals so it was really unexpected that she found herself going south to join the royal family and she did it reluctantly she was sort of um pressed upon to do it so, so she went south she she arrived at the house late at night went upstairs um to wanted to go to bed but was made to go meet princess elizabeth who had waited up for her and she was expecting the worst she thought she would be dreadful she would be spoiled she would be awful and she was the most adorable child she was sitting up in bed with uh, dressing gown cords attached to the lamp to the um, post of her bed and she was pulling on them and pretending that they were horses and that she was driving them <laughs> and it was all so sweet and unexpected and unspoiled and completely you know adorable that they they it was just love at first sight for both of them really so it's a really odd couple you know this kind of woke student from Scotland who didn't want to work for the royal family and this very formal this little girl who was in this very formal world you know sort of imprisoned in it really yeah one of the things that, that Crawford did that Marion Crawford did was to sort of bring her out of it sort of break help her break free with um and take her out into the real world and show her how normal people lived and take her on the tube and take her to Woolies and take her swimming and and they, she even formed a Buckingham Palace guide pack so that the Queen could have something a bit similar to what ordinary girls 
had. So, yeah, she was a real innovator. She she wanted to bring the the, the girls closer to to real people. So she was a really interesting woman. Um, and yeah, so it was it was all these contrasts, you know, at, at the, and and at the heart of it, a young woman and a little girl who were quite an old couple, but got on like a house on fire, and you know were a joy to fictionalise. That was it was it's been really fun. So what was your process of actually deciding kind of what aspect you were going to fictionalise and sort of mm. weave fact and fiction together? Yeah, well, as I say, the the, the the contrasting the contrasting worlds were always at the heart of it. So coming from the outside, coming from Edinburgh, coming from a, a different um, world and a different set of values, different everything was to, to the to the very formal um, royal world was was the kind of main an initial thing. And then I had the contrast between what um, Crawford wanted to do and the, and the sort of palace protocol and the, and the formal surroundings of these various palaces and, and castles that she found herself in. And but moving on from that, I mean, because all, all that was sort of exciting and, and, and unexpected. But the, the 17 years that Crawford spent with the royal family were probably the 17 most exciting years you know, of the century. You know, she 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 was there right at the heart of, of the royal establishment, right at the heart of the family uh, during these amazing events. So the abdication of Edward VIII, the coronation of, of George and Elizabeth, the, the princess's parents, and then following hot on the heels of that, the Second World War. And, and these were just colossal like, and dramatic and you know huge events and, and she she was not only at the heart of the family she was with the two little girls who were really right at the heart of the action but didn't really know what was going on so it was the eye of the storm right. sort of aspect to it too so I, I just so picking the um which things to fictionalize was tricky but it was always the things that, that involved the children that were so on the one hand it was mostly about the girls on the other hand Crawford's own personal life which I I, I I sort of imagined a personal life for her because I don't think she was any good with men and so and she was also quite left-leaning I felt she was she was back she she seemed to come from um, a, a progressive background so I imagined with her with a sex with a succession of sort of left-wing boyfriends some of whom were scoundrels and some of whom um, were just sort of not all they seemed and um it was just just fun to mix all that up and 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 have these you know and I was trying to demonstrate the fact that that, that it's impossible to have a, a personal life and work for royalty, which is something that you know she Crawford was one of yes. the first to discover that, but a lot of people have discovered that since, of course. So um, not Meghan Markle most recently, of course. So yeah, so so it was always yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so my it was my main interest was it were the dramatic contrasts um, between different worlds um, that were right at the heart of, of, of the story. So it wasn't difficult, really, finding and, and the personalities are all huge. And one of the things I enjoyed because I've, I've been I wanted, as I said, to to write a novel about the Windsors forever. And one of the reasons for that was that all the the individual members of the family have always struck me as like people from a story you know they're, they're also different they're also dramatic so going right back to the grandparents who were the king and queen at, at the beginning of the story king george 
the fifth and Queen Mary, who always were very stiff, were very grand, were always looked so sort of angry and they quite sort of forbidding figures. And then by way of complete contrast, you have their son, uh, the Prince of Wales, later Edward VIII, who was so glamorous and so, so, so sort of languorous and bored. And, you know, they, everybody was such a, an amazing character. And, and, as, and, and I wanted to bring in all the great Americans in the story because there are loads of them with, from Wallace Simpson, who I've really enjoyed writing about. I really want to write an, a book just about her next. Um, from her to... Um, the Kennedys, who were the um, ambassadorial family in London at the time, they were Joe Kennedy was the ambassador to London in the 1930s, and I also have star appearances from General Eisenhower and from Mrs. Roosevelt. So it's a, it, there's a America has got a big part in this story. And, and that was really fun too. Just taking, it's quite an audacious thing to do, but great fun. You just take whoever you want from recent history and just make them into a character. But, you know, you use what you, you take the clues and, in, in, you know, you read about them, you look at them, you imagine what, what they're like. And, and I really enjoyed doing that. So it wasn't hard. I just took all the best people and all the best incidents and just put them in, <laughs> basically. So as an American, you know, we, we don't have royalty here in the same way that British mm -hmm. do. And so a lot of people in the U.S. have this kind of longstanding fascination with the royal family. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always really excited when somebody writes a new book set in that world and kind of gives you that sort of extra look into what their lives might have been like. Yeah. yeah. So... This, um, in fact, one of the women who is on this podcast um, chose the royal governess as one of her most anticipated books of oh, August. Oh, exciting! That's thrilling. Yes. Yeah. So I imagine that it would have been, you know, a lot of a lot of fun to kind of imagine um, what you know those lives would have been like on a daily basis to actually exactly. sit down and write this book. Exactly because there's so, there's so much about it that is, is just really hilarious as well because you know the, the, the thought of a young woman from Scotland who wanted to work with children in the slums finding herself in a situation where they were literally footmen standing around the walls you know waiting to take away the plates and you know, it's just a crazy contrast. And, and I actually um, think that that's, that's the case anyway, whenever you're writing uh, about the royal family, because that's actually their, their, their reality. You know, and you mentioned um, mystery. And, and, and I don't think that's something that's um, confined to, to, to America. I mean, I we in the UK are completely mystified. We don't know what goes. I mean, that, that's the thing about the royal family. They are a complete mystery. They're so familiar we see these people all the time and yet we don't know what goes on at all in, in their lives. And the thing about the Queen, you know, she she is the most successful public figure, probably one of the most successful public figures in the world and one of the most famous women in the world. And yet so we know so little about what she really thinks and feels. And so this was an opportunity to explore a point of view that had gone behind that curtain had gone behind the scenes and, and knew her as a child and was able to shed some light into that 
complete and utter mystery, which is you know what goes on. I mean, she had a ringside seat at the greatest show on earth. Is is the way I think of it. Yeah. She and she was one of the very few people who lived with them at close quarters, lived with the royal family at close quarters, and during some amazing events. And was able to report back, you know, le- left an account of it, which I was able to use as a, a the the inspiration for a novel for for the royal governess, because it's you know very rare that these accounts um, come out, and I think hers is almost unique, not just because of its point of view, but because of its very existence. It's a really rare thing. So I think yeah. we're all, you know, where it's that contrast that with between something we see all the time, i.e., the royal family. But we know nothing about them, you know, very, very little. So I think that's the what keeps us interested. You know, it's 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 uh, it's always. So have a mystery. you written? Have you written other books about the royal family, like no, in um, no. in the past? No, no. This is my first ever historical novel. For twenty years, I had a career okay. as a as a as a as a writer of comedies. Um, I wrote. Um, comic novels and I did that for 20 years and I had a, a very successful career I, I um, have had several top tens and number one it was all going well but I always wanted to write a historical novel and specifically one about the Windsors and one of the reasons I mean it's, it's, it isn't without its comic moments you know because they, they, behind the scenes things things go wrong you know and, and they're all quite funny these people they're very funny they may look very formal and very stiff but one of the things I discovered about them as I read about them, is that they love jokes, they love nicknames. That, that if some, if they're making a public appearance and something goes spectacularly wrong, they just love it. They think that's absolutely hilarious. You know, they're, they're very funny people. And so there was a lot of humour uh, to to go at, you know. So it's a it's a very lively world, and 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 the little princesses, um, the book which I based the royal governess on had a lot of clues about how funny it was. So I took these incidents, and in and among all the drama and the tragedy, and uh, and the huge events, there's lots of humour and lots of colour because it's a funny world, you know. The royal the royal world is quite a funny world. So uh, yeah, so I had I had a lot of fun with it. So now that you have written a historical novel, will you do it again? Oh, definitely. My next novel is going to be about Wallace Simpson, as I say, because as I was writing about her, I, I she she just loomed larger and larger and larger in the story, and and I wanted I had several incidents where she she meets Marion and and they they have a conversation and 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 she gives her advice and they exchange views about royalty because they're both outsiders. They both come from a different place and a different world. So I felt that she was uh, would be a perfect subject for a novel, and again, and again, I'm a great American, so I'm going to have a lot of fun looking into her, into her past and um, how she came from, um, you know, the, she, how she arrived in London in 1928 knowing nobody. So how did she end up, you know, marrying the king? This this is what I what I wanted to find out. So yeah, that's my next that's my next book, and it's it's great fun to to, to get back into that world of the 1930s and all those crazy people having these huge lives, um, doing lots of um, colourful and glamorous things. So it's 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 been it's I'm so glad to have started uh, historical novels. It's really fun. I just picked up. Um, it was released here a couple of weeks ago. A book <laughs> by Bryn Turnbull called *The Woman Before Wallet*, um, which is apparently um, talking about you know, her life, both before and after um, her sort of 
run in oh, with yeah. the Red yeah, family. Yeah, so yeah. I am eager to pick that up. Yes, I, th- I think so. so. I th- that's, so there's a, there's a there's a lot of uh, lot to go out there. A really big story with with lots of lots of un, un, unexpected twists and turns, uh, you know. Because she she and Marion Crawford were quite similar characters. You know, they they um they they were they weren't the same person, but they had some of the same experience right. in as much as they came from you know different world. And they were both modernizers, you know. They and it, and it didn't quite work out for either. Then they both had to leave, and and um, they became both associated with with books. I mean, this is another connection with Meghan Markle. You know, she's another one. The same trajectory. Yeah. I think it's it, you know you, you, these women who come from outside, and and try to modernize, and it doesn't always work out. But it makes a great story for anybody like me who's who's looking for a subject for a novel. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Wallace is a great subject, and she's very she, she's a mystery. You know, she's there's been a lot of um, misinformation about her. I think, and she's she's had a bad. Um, press and I and I feel I'd feel I'd like just like I wanted to show shed light on Marion Crawford's story bring her out of the shadows I wanted to do the same for Wallace I mean she's not exactly in the shadows but her, she has a shadowy reputation if I, you see what I mean so I wanted to have a look at her and see if I could she uh, does yeah 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 to to have some some fun with with that so yeah I'm, I'm really happy to be to be to be writing about these people because they it's it's a it's it's new ground you know that it's it's particularly with well, Wallace has been written about before, but I don't think she's ever been approached as a sort of, you know, human being um, with a with a real right. trajectory. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in 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 in, the, in these um, outsiders who enter the royal establishment and uh, and try to modernise it. So uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, it's it's great. It's it's a great um, area to to be writing about. I'm very very happy to be doing it. When are right, researching? Um, what do you enjoy reading? Well, I'm still I, I, I review lots of books um, for uh, newspapers, so I get sent a lot of different types of fiction. But um, recently, I've I've read what did I what did I last read that I re- I really enjoyed. I well, you know, I'm I'm still quite interested in, in in exploring classic books that I I I when I'm not reading for newspapers and I'm not reading for research. I like to go back into, into books that I feel I ought to have read and haven't read so far. So, for example, War and Peace is one that I'm tackling at the moment. And when I'm not reading War and oh Peace, my I, goodness. yeah, exactly. But I do. I am really enjoying it because it is again. It's it's. Uh, I love stories about aristocrats, about glamorous lives, and you know this is this is exactly the setting. You know, and the same thing if you uh, if you go into all my favourite types of books are, are like that. But I I, I like um I also love comedies. I love. British um, comedy, American comedy. I love one of my all-time favourite books is the book called The Serial by Syrah McFadden, who's an American writer. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's about hipsters in Marion County in the 1970s. It's such a funny book. It's a brilliant book. Yeah, it's called The Serial and she's called, the author is Syrah McFadden. And it's about, um, yeah, these these, these two, this hipster couple in um, Marion County, in the 1970s and it's about the funniest book it's the kind of book that you can't if you read it outside you you, know, you just cry so you, you have to read it in private at home I've read it on trains and people have been stared <laughs> at me you know it's just brilliant so I like I like classics and I like comedy they're, they're my that's my choice really when I'm when I'm not reading for research or for or for work mm-hmm. yeah if that uh, makes well, sense well I want to 
thank you so incredibly much for inviting me to talk about the royal governess and thank you thank you for having in me general you're welcome and i will definitely be keeping an eye out for your next book because yeah. i will will um, definitely be looking forward to learning more about wallace simpson great uh, if readers want to get a hold of you online is there a good way for them to do that uh, you, you can get hold of me through my my website, which is wendyholden.net, or, or I'm on Twitter, and all the connections to my Twitter and um, Facebook and Instagram are all on my website. So if you go to wendyholden.net, they'll, they'll find me. And I would love to hear from everyone. It's it, it, it's just fantastic. I've 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 been so encouraged by the reception the Royal Governess has, has had so far. I mean, for example, there's been a wonderful review in the Washington Post, which is so thrilling. They said. Um, yeah, queen, yeah. how good is that the queen won't like it but everybody else will which is such a wonderful review I mean so, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just great so I'm really I really hope that it strikes a chord and people enjoy reading it as much as I've enjoyed writing it it's such an incredible story and I think it, you know her Marion Crawford's story just deserves to be known by more people really you know because it, it's it's fascinating and so dramatic and glamorous and interesting so I hope everyone enjoys it and also, did I say it's it's uh, it's been published oh, right. in in the in the UK and it's already gone into the top ten here, so we're very excited. It's um, oh it's, my um, goodness, That's yeah, amazing. it's uh, sitting sitting pretty at number six at the moment, so that is great. I'm very happy about that. That so, is. So thank well, you. Yeah, thank you, for having, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. Okay. So now we get to talk about books. There are lots and lots and lots of great books out today. Um, this is a fantastic release week. So I had to narrow down the books that I chose to talk about um, quite a bit. But I will do my best to give you what I hope is a good sampling of what you should keep an eye out for today. So the first several books I'm going to mention are books that we talked about on our most anticipated books of September episode. Um, Amber is looking forward to All the Devils Are Here, Chief Inspector Armand Gamache, number 16, by Louise Penny. Stacy is very excited for Blood and Honey, which is the second book in the Serpent and Dove series by Shelby Mahirin. And all of the books that I talked about on that episode are out today. So I'm looking forward to Tracy Cheese, We Are Not Free, Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas, and Wayward Witch, Brooklyn Brujas, book three by Zoraida Cordova. Natalia talked about When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. And Kira is looking forward to the new Brad Parks thriller, which is called Interference. Kristen mentioned Majesty, the second book in Catherine McGee's American Royal series. So that is a sampling of books that we talked about on our most anticipated books of September episode. So now let's talk about books that I haven't talked about before. So I'm going to start off with some urban fantasy 
slash paranormal romance. And first up is the latest offering from Seanan McGuire, A Killing Frost, which is October Day, number 14. I am not current in this series, but I do really enjoy McGuire's writing. Unfortunately, this one is not coming out in audio today. And I haven't seen a date for when it will be available that way, but it is available as an ebook and in print. So again, it's A Killer Frost, October Day, number 14, and it's by Seanan McGuire. We also have the first book in a new urban fantasy series. This is called Grave Secrets. The series is Lavington Windsor Mysteries, book one. It's by Alice James, and it's about a young woman who is a necromancer, but I get the impression that she doesn't know she's a necromancer. And so all of a sudden, she's like reanimating the dead, and she's not really sure how this is possible. So it features zombies and vampires, and I'm pretty excited about it. It is Grave Secrets, Lavington Windsor Mystery, book one by Alice James. We also have a new book by Jennifer L. Armentrout. This one is called A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, and it is um, a blood and ash novel. This is not a series of hers that I've read yet, um, but I am really looking forward to trying it because I've enjoyed other books of hers that I've read. Um, I know Sarah is also a big fan of her. So this is out today in print and Kindle. It's out in audio on December 1st. And again, it is A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, a blood and ash novel by Jennifer L. Armentrout. So moving away from urban fantasy here, I'm really excited to tell you about Dream Big Stella. It's a Hope Springs book one by Ashley Farley. And it's about a heroine who learns that taking a chance, a kind of leap of faith, can give her everything she ever wanted. The perfect job, a fantastic love interest, and so much more. So this one is Dream Big Stella, Hope Springs, book one, and it's by Ashley Farley. This next book is one I'm really excited about. This is Honeysuckle Season by Mary Ellen Taylor. This is not an author I've read before, but her synopses have always looked really good to me, and I've just never actually picked up one of her books. But Honeysuckle Season is a story about deep loss, hard truths, and a greenhouse filled with old family secrets. Um, I've heard that some of her books are dual timeline novels. I'm not sure if this one is, but I definitely want to check it out. It is Honeysuckle Season, and it is by Mary Ellen Taylor. Time to talk about a historical romance. A Rogue of One's Own. League of Extraordinary Women, book two, by Evie Dunmore is out today. And Dunmore's debut novel came out last year and took the historical romance community by storm. So a lot of people are really excited for the follow-up. And I have not read book one yet, but I definitely plan to read both of them pretty soon. So it is A Rogue of One's Own, A League of Extraordinary Women, book two, by Evie Dunmore. 
If you love music and music history, this next book is for you. This is The Woman in the Moonlight by Patricia Morris Rowe. And it is a story that's set in Vienna and is the fictional account of a tragedy that apparently inspired Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. So I don't know much more than that, but that's okay because it looks super interesting and I really want it. I love books about music. I love historical fiction. So this is definitely a book I need. And I'm guessing it's also a book that Amber needs. So anyway, this is The Woman in the Moonlight and it's by Patricia Morris Rowe. And here's another book I'm very excited about. This one is The Paper Daughters of Chinatown by Heather B. Moore. It's set in San Francisco in 1895 and our heroine arrives at a mission home for Chinese girls and she's going to teach sewing there, or at least that's what she expects to happen. But once she gets there, she learns that something very sinister is afoot. And apparently these girls who are staying at the mission are being sold on kind of the black market. So it's historical fiction with a little bit of intrigue. It is The Paper Daughters of Chinatown by Heather B. Moore. This next book is kind of an interesting concept. It is written by four authors. So this is The Deadly Hours, and it is by C.S. Harris, Anna Lee Huber, Susanna Kearsley, and Christine Trent. And it's the story of a cursed watch that is handed down from person to person over a period of time. And as it enters the lives of each of its owners, um, it causes all sorts of havoc. Apparently, each story tells a little bit of the watch's history and also lets us know what it would take to destroy it. I have read both C.S. Harris and Susanna Kearsley. I know Amber is a big Anna Lee Huber fan. And Christine Trent has a Victorian mystery series that looks really cool, so I want to check her out at some point. Um, but this is The Deadly Hours by C.S. Harris, Anna Lee Huber, Susanna Kearsley, and Christine Trent. And let's talk about young adult books now. No, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about mysteries first. I have one thriller that I'm really excited about, and then we'll talk about young adult. So this is called Girl Gone Mad, and it's by Avery Bishop. And basically... It's all good until someone gets hurt. It's just, you know, fun and games until that happens. But when it does, things change in a drastic and terrible way. If you want to know what it is that changed, how someone got hurt, who they were, you'll have to check it out. It is Girl Gone Mad, and it's by Avery Bishop. Okay, now we're going to talk about young adult novels. And this first one is one that I'm super excited about. I think Brooke will also be really excited for it. This is called Where We Are. It's by Allison McGee. And it's about two teens who struggle to stay connected to one another when one of them joins a cult. I love cult books. Yes, I do. And I'm very glad that there's another one out in the world today. So this is Where We Are, and it's by Allison McGee. 
Meg Allison has a new book out this week. This is called Find Layla. And it's about a teenage girl who uses her home, which is apparently not a great place, as the subject of a science project. She is she turns her home into a kind of biome. And she studies all these terrible things that occur in her home. And she tries to apply some scientific um, method to this study, I guess. But apparently the video that she makes detailing her findings goes viral. And that is not at all a good thing. So this is Find Layla, and it's by Meg Ellison. And we also have Offline by Donna Cooner. And this is a novel that kind of touches at the heart of the whole idea that people should unplug from technology. And after our heroine is involved in a pretty nasty online breakup, she and her two best friends decide that they are going to take a break from social media and just from technology in general. Apparently this doesn't work out real well for them. And if you want to know why, you have to check it out. It is offline and it's by Donna Cooner. And I have one more book to talk about. So this is Queen of Volts. It is book three in the Shadow Game series by Amanda Foodie, and I am so, so excited. I love Amanda Foodie so much. She writes fantastic, dark, young adult fantasy. Daughter of the Burning City was her debut novel, and it was incredible. Um, the first book, Ace of Shades, in her Shadow Game series was one of my top books a couple of years ago. She's just such an excellent writer, and I'm really excited to see how this trilogy concludes. It's set in like the city of sin. It just looks so, so amazing. Um, the first book was wonderful. The second book was also phenomenal. So the third book is out today and that is a great thing. This is Queen of Volts, The Shadow Game, book three by Amanda Foody. And that, my bookish companions, is all I have for you today. I hope you find some really great stuff to read. There is so much more out today that I just didn't have time or space to tell you about. But however you find out about new books, keep your eyes out open for all these fantastic things and fill up your TBR piles if you haven't already. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.